So, do you like board games? If you're listening to this podcast, there's a pretty good chance that you do. But are there any dangers to board gaming? I, I, I don't just mean that, that orange Cheetos dust on our games when somebody brings snacks. I, I mean, dangers to our own hearts and souls or the hearts and souls of others. It's the seven deadly sins of board gaming. On this episode of Board Game Faith, the bi-weekly show exploring the intersection of religion, spirituality, and board games. Welcome, everybody, to Board Game Faith. My name is Daniel Hilty. And my name is Kevin Taylor. And it is so good to have you with us today. Thank you for um, tuning into this little podcast. And Kevin, it is great to see you. How are you doing? I'm pretty peachy, thanks. Yeah. Pretty good. darn good. Good, good. I'm glad it sounds like things are, are going well in your world. And Yeah. In, Good, good. I'm glad to hear it. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. How about you? How are you? Yeah, we're doing we're doing well too. Thank you. In our corner of the world, it is uh, it's starting to get cooler, and uh, that's really nice. So the seven deadly sins of gaming. The seven deadly yeah. sins of gaming. Um, the um, so I guess maybe to start the conversation. We talked a little bit beforehand. I wonder if it might be helpful to talk about what do we mean by sin? Because sin can be a kind of a off-putting subject to some people. Uh, yeah. Sin maybe because of religious trauma or or just for a variety of reasons. And so, I mean, Kevin, when, when, when you think of sin or what, I mean, or especially in this context of today, when we're talking about this, what, what is your thought on this? What, what do you have in mind when we use this band, band in this world, sins, this word around? Yeah. Sin, sin is like guilt and stuff on the front page of the newspaper type mm -hmm. thing. If you're holding a physical newspaper, yeah, it's kind of the saucy, exciting things, mm -hmm. things that people That's feel good. And of course it's been a moving target. It depends on the culture and the eye of the beholder at times. So I mean, right, we've all agreed right. that murder is wrong. I mean, every right. culture is clearly or harming a child, um, mm -hmm. but be but there are other things you know questionable. So this country, for example, banned alcohol for a time period in prohibition, and um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, some of these yeah. things have been changed have changed over time. Yeah, good. Yeah, what do you think? It makes, yeah, no, I I love that observation that it is kind of a moving target, um, as much as we might like to think in. Our particular place in history that it's not it 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 really it so often is um i think for me a definition that has been helpful that has made sense to me is um um that sin is kind of the creation of suffering yeah uh, you know uh, creating suffering for other people or for oneself you know it's, it's it's kind of adding to the suffering of the world the the net sum of suffering um so I think that's one kind of way I think about it. Um, mm -hmm. um, you know, in the Judeo-Christian traditions, um, as I understand it, you probably know this better than I do, but, you know, the word that we often translate as sin in the, in the uh, Jewish and Christian Bibles is, is kind of literally like missing the mark, kind of like an like a archery term, you know, like you're, you're shooting for a target, but you don't quite miss, but you don't quite hit it, right? So you, you miss the mark a little bit. And so it, mm -hmm. I, I find that an appealing idea too. You know, it's not so much the sense of um, core depravity and hopelessness, but just, um, I kind of miss the mark on that right. <laughs> you know, or something like that. So right. which, I mean, I don't know. Um, I'll just say, I, yeah, so I just... If you're listening to this and kind of feel a little bit put off by the term, please know we're not um, not meaning it in a in a kind of judgy way. Yeah, it has to be thought of in a very broad sense, or yeah, you, you can yeah. use a different word if that helps you. So if you want to avoid that word, if that word has gotten laden with ideas, and so it, it is both actions, and it I, I do have some sympathy that there is a certain bentness to the human will that we do 
tend towards feelings of shame or we do act out of fight and flight or we act out of, uh, you know, we're more like kids are far quicker to take things from each other than they are to share. I mean, I'm Mm. sorry, y'all kids are not, (laughs) you know, they are not moral paragons if you've ever had a toddler. And so, um, yeah, we, we are, there's something in us that does lead towards being nonchalantly destructive Mm-hmm. And, and being aware of that tendency and, and trying to balance that out with being aware of others and being aware of society and being aware of who you are and, and how your fight and flight and fears can lead you to do yep. dumb things, really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, or judgy things. or Yeah, uh, so it's a deep and mysterious force. Yeah. Yeah, good. That's good. Thinking about sin and trying to put that in a context. Well, let's look at these seven sins that we have highlighted in board gaming. Now, there are seven deadly sins in the Christian tradition that came not in the Bible. Many people are surprised to know that's not in the Bible, the seven deadly sins. It came out of the monks in Africa, as far as we know, developed this list of seven things to avoid that led to uh, you know, they, they were partly battling with their souls and trying to lessen the power of sin. So they named seven main sins they saw, which were, can you name them, Daniel? Don't look. Uh, the seven deadly sins. Number one is uh, Kevin. Number two is uh, Kevin. N- Number three no, is no, no. Yes. No, um, I'm terrible. No, there's, uh, okay, I'm going to try, without looking at a sloth. Sloth, greed, laziness. Greed, good. Gluttony. Gluttony, so lust. wanting to consume things, consumption, lust. Yeah. Um, um, uh, I'm having to look pride. Pride, pride. You know, Which it is sometimes be, thought of as the main sin in the Christian mm, tradition. The the, the, uh, the monarch of all sins, the pride. Mm-hmm. You know, in retrospect. Um, it probably would have been good if we're doing a podcast on this for me to look these up ahead of time. <laughs> but well, they're in um, our notes. They are. Yeah, in our I, I know, notes. but I'm trying not to but, look. Yeah. But they are in our yeah, notes. But yeah. you're right. You're right. I'm trying. Okay. To, um, Another one. Think of Scrooge. Um, so it's not the sin of gluttony and consumption because Scrooge, Scrooge did not consume. What is his sin, Daniel? Um, greed. Plain all. Avarice. Greed. Miserliness. Yes. Bahumbugginess. Bahumbugginess. Yes. Yeah. To have things and not enjoy them. Yeah. Right. Ooh, ooh, that's good. To simply that's want good. to possess. Like smog, right? He just slept, the dragon just slept on all the gold, but never used it in um, mm, That is Hobbit. good. That is good, yeah. Yeah. Um, how and many are we up to? last one? Well, then no, there's two more. Okay. Um, three, double four, dipping? Yeah. Double dipping. Like... <laughs> Like with avocado, like, like with guacamole salsa, or something like yeah, like double, day, double dipping. Pico de gallo. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't believe I in germs. So I'm, a, I'm totally going to double dip as long it's as I'm not It's a conspiracy. It's, it's I, a, I don't see yeah. him, never believed in him. Yeah. I think it's yeah. bad air is what yeah. makes you sick personally. Uh, this one involves like, let's say defenestration. Which one would involve these defenestration? Violence? Yeah, violence or even wrath, I think is largely. Strangely, violence is not one of them. Probably the monks were not, they'd already, they're probably already pacifists to some degree. So it was Mm, more about anger and wrath. I'm guessing, I don't know. There were warrior monks in the Middle Ages, which is very awesome. Yeah, um, and violence is one of the big sins of the Bible that um, we often gloss over today. Yeah. Um, But, you know, when... Anyway, but yes, yes, that's the one. And Dante puts it in one of his levels of hell, but it's not one of the seven deadly sins, violence. Okay. But and then what's this? Wrath. The seventh one. Um, People turn green with it, and it's not via photosynthesis. Um, um, uh, envy. It has four letters. Yes, envy. Envy. Why do I we was, say green with envy? We need to, we should look that up. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know why. And that's another big one is wanting what other people have. Coveting, we might also say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like it. so I was I was thinking maybe like borrowing your neighbor's Wi Fi was on there, but it doesn't sound like that's not one of them. Yeah. 
I guess it'd fall under lust. Okay. But if you're borrowing and you're like a, then maybe it's okay. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know either. All right. So those are the classic seven deadly sins, right? Right. So what, so, so what, what is our spin on these with, uh, with gaming? And there's um, seven deadly sins of gaming. Numero uno. The first one, Daniel. Yeah. What is it, Kevin? The sin that tempts us is that it's all about winning. It's all Which about is winning. kind of ironic because the point of a game is to win, like win conditions, right? But, and, and it's, it's good to say that the seven deadly sins, none of them, they have elements that are good. Like you should have pride in what you do, right? Pride's not inherently wrong. It's having too much of it, I think, is the problem. It becomes consuming. So- right. And, and the same thing with, say, um, anger, like wrath. There is a place for anger in your life that's healthy. Like you're mad about environment or you're mad, you know, you're upset about injustice, for example. And, yeah, and Jesus yeah. got angry. He cursed the fig tree. Um, he got frustrated the disciples. He kind of yelled at a worthless generation and stuff when he got fed up with people turned over um, tables yeah turned over tables yeah, yeah so there yeah, is so yeah. it's not that not, none it's not that these things are completely toxic it's that at a certain level it becomes toxic so when the winning is so toxic that as you put in your note there it's ontological and not functional mm-hmm. but i don't know what that means daniel <laughs> can you tell me what that means i, I know it's true it- I, I was hoping you would ask because uh, uh, those are just words I found on the internet that I don't know. Um, <laughs> so I guess what I'm kind of saying about that, when I say that winning, when winning becomes the ontological end versus the functional end of a game. So the ontological, you know, deals with ontology with this is kind of the philosophy of being, you know, like, why do we exist? Why, why does something exist? Why do we exist? And, you know, and so, it's this, I, I, and I kind of use that term loosely, I guess, but when I say, if we see winning as the ontological end of gaming, just what that means is, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's, it's what we exist to do, right? It's like, it's our, mm-hmm. it's our core, it's the primary thing that will give us a sense of worth or value in this game. It's if we win, we have value. If we don't, we're worthless, you know, mm-hmm. and versus a functional end to seeing winning as a functional end, which is more like as you said, you know, I have to want to win in order for this game to work. Right. But my value as a human being is totally independent of whether I win this game or not. Right. You know, right. and um, I think, you know, we, we've talked about different analogies um, in the, on this show before, but, you know, uh, in this podcast before, but this idea of, you know, kind of like, like the, f- the framing of a house, you know, like the studs and two by fours and the walls of a house, you know, um, you need to have framing and studs and two by fours for a house to, to exist, for it to stand up, for it to work. But that's not the point of a house, right? You know, the point of a house isn't the, the framing, you know, it's, um, or like the engine of a car, you know, you, you have to have the engine of the car for the car to work, but, but it's not the, it's not the point of the car. And it's the same with winning in a game, you know, you have to have a, yeah, as a goal so right. that you win yeah. in order for the game to work, but that's not the point of the game. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. The point of the game is to, I guess, play the game. Yeah. No, I guess the point of the, that game itself is to win, but the point of gaming, the life of playing games is to have probably really good experiences. Yeah. Which yeah. I love this from the, 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 shut up and sit down how to teach a game. I think it came out or maybe it's one of the comments. Somebody said, if you teach a game, make sure you lose. And I just love that idea that mm. your goal when you teach the game and give people their first experience is not to trounce them or prove that you can win. You probably could win. You have more experience with the game. Your goal is for them to have a good time. And by throwing it when the first time you play, that's a good thing. Now, should you do it every time? No, you should provide challenges. But but letting people have a good experience and not get whomped by a, a game ninja, that's not fun. 
Yeah, that's a really good point. I like that. So my dad's really like good that. at pool. He would play uh, like billiards. He would play with his non-dominant hand to try to make it more fun because he couldn't help but make certain shots. So you know, trying to give yourself what, you know, what in golf and other things they refer to as a handicap. So mm-hmm. saying mm-hmm. I'm going to take some, I'm going to take some negative points or negative distance to make it more fair. Mm. So it's not about winning; it's about an experience. That reminds me of, of a of a couple of things. I, you know, I, you and I have talked offline of about um, Search for Planet X, a really great uh, uh-huh. logic deduction board game that we're enjoying. What I love, about, one of the things I love about that is that you can set the difficulty level separately for each player in it. You know, so kind of like you're saying. So, like, you know, if you if you've played it before and you're teaching it, you can really dial up the difficulty level oh, for yourself, so but really dial it down if you're playing with a beginner for them, for them. And so it's two separate. Right. I love that. I love that. Such a, a great idea. And the other thing it makes me think of is um, also offline, you know, I've talked about maybe doing a book club discussion of um, games agency as art um, mm-hmm. book by C.T. and Guin, who's a, who's a, a philosophy professor out in Utah. And what he says in there, which I love, is the sense that... Um, Games get us to care about the means more than the ends. And right. like they're training, they're, they train us to care more about the means than the ends. And it's just because exactly what we're talking about, that the rest, most of the time in life, we're taught to care more about the ends than the means. You know, we're taught to win, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, but if we, if that's the attitude we bring to gaming, that the most important thing is to win no matter what the means, it's going to be a horrible game, right? That what makes right. a game a game is the means to get to the end, right? right? So you, you right. care more about the means than the end than the actual winning. I love that. I love it. Yeah, and it sucks to lose a lot. I mean, I, I just I, I don't mind losing, but if you lose every time, that is very frustrating. But then the question is, why are you losing? And that can be an opportunity to realize you're probably not playing the game well. And so, mm. what are you doing wrong? So, trying to take a rational approach to okay. I know one of my pitfalls is I like just doing things because they seem cool. Like, I want to go over here and take this talisman because that would be awesome. But that may not win me the game. Yeah. So if you're always losing, you're probably doing something besides focusing on winning. And if you don't mind losing, that's fine. Go for it. But if you want to win, you may have to do a little studying and realize, okay, what, what steps do I need to take to fulfill the win conditions as quickly as possible? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Right. So it can be an opportunity, but it, it can be frustrating. And that's also where you can just change or change the game up or play something silly or um, leave that game alone. And some games, some people are better at than others. I've also observed that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Some games yeah. bring out certain, you know, some people can remember kind of count cards almost naturally. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they're going to be good at those types of games. Um, some people are good at taking risks. They don't mind a, you know, you may win or lose on one role and that person may win. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they're a risk taker. Right. Right. Depends on how a person's wired, what their wiring is and yeah. Yeah. What their gifts so are. Change, what change the game. If yeah, you're losing yeah. a lot or you're winning a lot, um, try a different game. See how that goes. Yeah. Um, trick taking, you know, different types of games, dice based, luck based. Um, yeah. Yeah. What's the number two? Second sin. Number two. Number one was it's all about winning. Number two is it's all about owning. It's all about owning. And I'm, I'm really bad at this. I love Um, winning games, Daniel. I do too. I do too. Um, you know, I think it's this sense of, um, I, I guess for me when I think about, and, and I, all of these sins, I'm kind of seeing primarily through the lens of, you know, myself, but I, um, the only lens you got, bro. Right. That, that's exactly right. That's exactly <laughs> Let's be right. Honest. Um, but you know, when I see, if I see my role as a, somebody who plays games or plays or anything, or really my role in anywhere in life, if I see my role primarily as a consumer, um, like my job here is to consume things, whether it's a game or whatever, um, that really robs robs me of the really good stuff in life, you know, the mm-hmm. um, um, joy and delight and gratitude for what for what's right in front of me. It what it makes me think of is um, uh, 
um, I may have mentioned before, Thich Nhat Hanh is, you uh, just passed away, actually was, a Buddhist monk who had a great respect for Christianity and other faith traditions. And um, But he he talked about a cup of tea, right? Like a cup of, and so there are a couple approaches to a cup of tea. One, you could have a cup of tea and you could just drink it down, right? And you've got your tea and you move on, right? That's kind of very consumption based, right? Or he said, you could you could breathe and pause and see the universe in the cup of tea, right? You could see, mm-hmm. you could see the sunlight that traveled 93 million miles to grow these tea leaves, you know, and you could see, the rain that has circled the earth uh, for eons endlessly that have that watered the tea leaves. And you could see the people, people's hands who picked it and then the, you know, or, or the machines that picked it and then the process and, and the processes that brought it to where you are and the drawing and all. And, and, and just, and just feel immense gratitude for that. And so I, I that's kind of what I, th- that's the model I have in my mind to think about mm-hmm. games. You know, when we see this game, we could just, just one more thing to consume and move on or to really delight in and kind of, feel gratitude for the wonder of it yeah 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 to have a different relate i think that's great to have a different relationship to things and it's not just about how many things you have because you're not gonna be able to take them when you die like you can't take anything with you and you're gonna put your things somewhere and nobody needs to be renting storage space long term and you don't want your games in there anyway because they're gonna get all moldy and yucky uh, unless it's climate controlled, which I wonder what this costs. That must be really expensive. Anyway, this is not a cheap hobby, collecting board games. No. I also have come to realize no hobby is cheap. Mm-hmm. Fishing, mm-hmm. whatever, you name it. Once you go deep into it, card detailing, you start buying all this stuff. You, know, you, you can spend a lot of money based on what that guy was saying in terms of chemicals and bottles and rags and right, et cetera. So many things will take you down a rabbit hole. So the question yeah. becomes, um, is it the rabbit hole that works for you and your budget and your time? And is it consuming your life or is it is it something that brings you joy? Uh, and those are harder questions and it depends on people and what they want to do. But yeah, it's tricky. It, it, there's something in us that just wants to collect. I guess it's our um, bird DNA because we evolved, I think, from... Birds and dinosaurs, I think. I, I, Is that right? I think birds and di- and, think. Uh, and 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 gerbils. <laughs> birds Shiny and things dinosaurs and, and digging. And I know. I personally love to dig in the backyard. I do, give me give me a sunflower seed, and uh, I'm happy all day. <laughs> I am happy all day and a little exercise. I know when I visited you that time, you yes. said you're going to take a nap and then you rolled into this little ball <laughs> and, and got in some uh, cedar shavings. I was like, wow, yeah. you're out. It was, you were so tired. Was so I had just filled up on sunflower seeds. Yeah, it was. I was <laughs> I a, but yeah, the birds, I mean, we do like to possess things and take them. But the truth is, hey, if someone else has a great game and I can play it with them, why would I buy it? Like there's something yeah. in me that's like, oh, I should buy that too. It's a great game, but no, right. maybe you don't have to. So I try to think in terms of of uh, what games will fit my collection. What kind of games do I really like? Um, what games can I get rid of in some yeah. way, either as a gift or some system? Our local, one of the local board game stores. I mean, it's 50 minutes away because I'm rural, but they have a thing neat bit where you can sell games. At the store, you can set the price, they take a cut, and you only get the amount in store credit, but it's still pretty awesome. Yeah, that is nice. I like that. And I've sold several games, and and it does lead you buying other games, but if you're maybe going to buy them anyway, you're freeing up space, there's games you don't want anymore. Uh, So it becomes a bit more of an ebb and flow versus a constant collection. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would add that, that just like winning, owning is not bad. Right, like deli- right. buying and delighting in a game that you have that brings you pleasure is great, but buying something that you didn't really want, or you bought on impulse, or because you did it as a type of retail therapy, or buying it to out of envy or whatever, or fear of missing out, those are not reasons to buy a game. Right, right. No, that's a, an but if you point. generally can afford it, and it's not on credit card credit. Uh, I mean, the credit card's okay, but you're not carrying a balance. So you're not going into debt for this, but you can afford it and you really want it. 
I mean, that's awesome. Is we've the burp when you open the box and getting oh, it out. I, know, I mean, that's I know, so I know, great. I know, I know, but I know. you can't have it every day. You've got to balance out how often you get a new game. But getting a new game is a real thrill. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, 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 that's a great point. Yeah. I mean, I, I'd be the biggest hypocrite in the world if I, or one of them, if I, if I, if I said, yeah, don't, don't own games if you, I mean, I've, I've got a fair sized collection, just, just, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of rooms from where I'm recording this. And so, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's this sense of, as you've said so well, Kevin, just, you know, balance and, and moderation and thinking about why we're doing what we're doing. And we're not saying that this, that that's, inherently you know wrong or about but it's just it's but where we're you know where we seek that balance and that moderation you know you're talking about kind of ways of limiting your collection in that local game store i love that it reminds me of a couple of um systems i've heard from content creators online about how they limit their collections um uh, one of them is um you just you just decide on what number of games Mm -hmm you think is sufficient for a collection and you just have this personal rule that once you set that number if you buy anything else you have to sell a game so so you just right. maintain that number right so one in one out um, like and it. then and the other one is i think jamie stegmar talked about this he he um he looks at his collection and if he hasn't played something in a year he sells it you know something like that just kind of the sense really of, um, yeah or maybe it's two years but something like that yeah he wow. says like every year he reviews it and sells it if he hasn't played it in a year Interesting. So, anyway, that's yeah. brutal. I don't know if I could go quite that harsh, but I respect it. And it, if it works for him, it doesn't mean you take that model. Yeah, um, yeah. I love Marie Kondo, her her tidying up book and even oh, that yeah. show. And so that idea does it spark joy. And if your first thought mm. about something you have is it brings you joy, great, keep it. But if you're like, ah, I don't know, or you feel guilty, or you're afraid, then you probably should get rid of it. If it's not true joy as your first immediate gut response, yeah. uh, then it probably is something that you need to find a new home for. And that could mean selling it. Or I think I saw an Instagram, Ali Karar, um, which is Karar 2K, K-A-R-A-R number 2K on Instagram, organized there in the kingdom of Saudi Arabia, a board game swap meet. So if you can organize, you know, some people have a big swap meet where people can trade games yeah, and that yeah. would be awesome. Like these yeah. are games I don't want. These are some games I want. They're all used and you yeah. can walk around and I don't know how he did it. It'd be interesting to know how he actually was it yeah, one to one. I mean, I you can't do one to one because some games have just inherently more value than others. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it feels good to get rid of games you don't want. And the truth is you probably can buy it down the road somehow, some way. Yeah. yeah. It may cost you you know, but down the road, you may have more money. So that's right. No, that's right. Probably buy it again or find it somewhere, especially with eBay type online merchandising. Um, well, Kevin, what is number three? What is the, what is the third deadly sin of gaming? The third is it's always about you being right, mm, which is kind of a variation right. on pride, which is mm. maybe assuming that everyone should play games. Yeah. Yeah especially yeah. games you like and that yeah. your list is better than others. Right. 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 So what you like and your kinds of games really are the best. So that's also kind of ontological, right? That it, it's somehow your way or the highway. It is. Not yeah. Respecting I, other approaches. It does seem to me that everyone should have some element of play in their lives, but that may not manifest in board games. It could be in sports or I don't know being playful about chores or playing with children. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think, I think play is an essential part of being human and, and is part of God's dream for the human experience for, for every, every person on earth. But um, that doesn't necessarily mean that everyone has to play board games, sit around Mm -hmm. and play and play brass Birmingham. You know, that that's, that that's um, that for some people, uh, play can mean, yeah, right. can mean music or art or camping or, you know, um, all sorts of things. I think it, but you're right that, that board gaming can feed that tendency. I know I have it myself and I, I think, I think we all do, but I, I certainly know it myself the two, to, uh, kind of justify myself and justify my, my sense of, um, value and self-worth by, 
um, thinking about humanity in terms of like uh, outsiders and insiders, like excluding some and including others, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and um, we do that all the time. And, uh, and, and I think, you know, a lot of the great mystics of various religious traditions often point to that as, uh, as one of the core sources of, of sin and brokenness in the world. You know, this, this, this illusion we like to foster and nurture that we're all, we're all isolated. We're all separated from each other. I'm not connected to you. You're not connected to me. Or I might mm-hmm. have these peeps that are connected to me. The, everyone who likes Brass Birmingham or whatever. Everyone who likes Euro games. Or everyone who likes you like da 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 da. And uh, but we're, we really don't have much of a connection to you, right? And mm-hmm. and that that illusion of separateness um, is is ultimately behind so much of the suffering in the world, right? Instead of seeing that we're all connected and all all part of each other and really not that different from each other at all. Right. I don't at know. our core, we're not different. We're all human. We do have different interests. We do have different tribes and that's okay. Like we can understand that there is the tribe of Ameritrash and the tribe of Euro and the tribe of, you know, white dudes who love sci-fi and sprawling board game, you know, like I've, totally fall for all that stuff and that's my tribe and and that's okay but there are other tribes i have to recognize that there are other types of people or types of gamers that really like different types of things and um that's cool it's not it's not all about me uh being right 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 number four what you got daniel number four is it's all about being in control it's all about being in control and and um, I think this is something we see, especially in games around um, cooperative games. That, um, but you can see in other ways as well. But the danger of cooperative games, and for our listeners who are unfamiliar, there's some kind of board games called cooperative games where you're trying to beat the game together as a team, versus like Pandemic. You know, mm-hmm. um, you know they often say the danger of cooperative games is what they call the the alpha player, right? The person who 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 says, okay. Now here's what we're going to do this round. You, right, Billy, they're you're the going to do this, dog, I think. and you, yes, Jane, you're going to do this, and yeah, and 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 uh, and and really kind of um, taking away a sense of agency and control from other people in the playing of the game uh, because we don't want to lose the game, and so for the sake of again going back to winning, um, we we feel. Like we have to be in control. Well, and honestly, it, it also it also it means um, that I have the that I have the belief that I understand the game better than other people. You know that it, it's mm-hmm. kind of almost kind of this kind of arrogance. And I mean, sometimes if if the other person's just learning, obviously you know it better than they do. But but anyway, that sense of controlling the the choices of others and um, not giving them agency. Yeah. And this yeah, reminds me of the first one. Yeah, what, what kind of it can link up with the first one, which is it's all about winning, and you you're the only person who knows how to win. Mm-hmm. Instead of okay, the goal is to win, but the real goal is to have a great experience, and yeah. that means recognizing the opinions and um, agency of others. And a lot of games have turns where people get to decide the action mm-hmm. to even co-op. So you may work as a team, but on Daniel's turn, he decides. And you have to respect, Daniel has decided to do this. That is a legitimate move. That's what, we, that's what, we're gonna, that's what he is going to do. So you have to respect his choice. Yeah, now I have, yeah. when my youngest was younger, occasionally he would really just do zany things just for fun. Like he kind of knew he was wrecking the game. <laughs> he was smart enough to know he was wrecking it. He just wanted to do it to see what would happen. That yeah. could be a little frustrating. And I guess there he's not really trying to win. So there is always that problem of someone intentionally, for whatever reason, throwing a, a, a monkey wrench in the machine of the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but barring that, uh, yeah, you have to respect other people's agency and you have to have the real goal of having a great gaming experience, even though yeah. the goal is also to win. Um, yeah. And it's not all about you, and it's not always about winning. 
In right. fact, I, that's why I love the pandemic legacy games, because if you lose, you get to try again or they'll give you something to help you yeah, win next time. Yeah, so yeah. you just keep moving forward. And yeah, there's a final score, I think, and you say you did, but does anyone remember? I don't remember. I've played all of them and I don't remember how well we did. I just yeah. remember having a really, really awesome time yeah, in all yeah. of them. That's a great system and a great philosophy, right? Because it's it, it's a, a very obvious reflection of the of the point that winning isn't the point. Right? Yeah. moving forward is the point, and the the journey you know, maybe is the like, point. Maybe maybe that's a real gift of legacy games that because it can change the actual game system, it really does make it more of a process and a journey. Mm. Yeah, versus that's a, a nice... you know, um, th there is a final score, and you can try to beat it. A lot of them, but. Um, I like that. That's a good point. But yeah, it does it does sort of self-adjust on a certain level. Yeah. Because yeah, it's I taking like into account the prior games you've played. Yeah. And and adjusting the system. So yeah. Um, well what's what is so that was number four, it's all about being in control. Kevin, what is mm -hmm. the fifth the fifth oh I, I play the I, fifth. I can't I can't say that word. What is number five? Number five. Number five. This is the tyranny of the self, my friend, that's all about you, which we've kind of hinted at in some of the other ones. And you can yeah. link this up to the basic concern that sin is related to pride and it's all about you and your, what you like and who you are. Uh, but your goal of putting games over people mm -hmm. or showing that you're the smartest person in the room, which a pastor friend of mine used to complain about with church committees, that there are just some people on church committees that have to show they're the smartest person in the room. Oh. Side note, they usually aren't because <laughs> the smartest person in the room doesn't have to prove anything. Like Warren Buffett doesn't have to show you he's good with stock, right? Yeah, he has nothing yeah. to prove. Yeah, But the yeah. guy that's desperately trying to prove how good he is with the stock market probably is right so it's someone who puts um themselves and their agenda over the gaming experience shows their knowledge shows their games wants you to be impressed with their collection yeah um yeah what would you add to that yeah no i i just i i agree yeah that you, you make it more about yourself than than other people um i totally agree it reminds me of um Another idea we see across various religions, I'm thinking of Buddhism and Christianity specifically, but I'm sure it shows up in other faith traditions as well, this idea of um, the dangers of valuing principles over people. Um, and you know it's true because they both start with the same letter. Um, it's, it's alliterative. It's the, ultimate, it's the ultimate value of truth. If you, uh, but um, but if valuing principles over people um, you know, so often creates uh, uh, suffering, right? And it's this this mm -hmm. idea that, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, what are you going to care about? Are you going to care about, I was, I stayed true to my, whatever my, my ideology is, or I really cared about human beings, you know? <laughs> right. What's what's more important, ideology or, or know, human beings, you know? and reminds me of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. Uh, we are having a kind of discussion about an upcoming episode about uh, board game manuals. Yeah. This reminds yeah. me of the issue of being a rules lawyer, which yeah. I have a tendency to do. I do want to play it right. I want to look it up. It bothers me if I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if yeah. all that's a sin. It's just more of a desire to do things correctly. But right. it would be a sin if I use that principle constantly to make other people unhappy because I'm digging through a rule book. So right. some people have this idea that once you start the game, you don't ever look at the rule book again. Yeah, yeah. I could never do that. But the, uh, the, the point is you're honoring other people's time and energy and you're not just watching them melt as you try to dig through. Because yeah. you know yeah. it's on page three. You just read it. Yeah. And you remember it was in red text, but you can't find it. Yeah, and that just yeah. crushes people. So yeah, maybe you get yeah. the rules wrong. Well, at least you had a good gaming experience. Right, right. That's a great um, example. Yeah, yeah. Chris, putting Chris and my wife caught people. me on this the other day. I was I found myself just doing exactly what you're saying. You know, I was I was I was uh, caring more about uh, the rules at a moment, a particular point, 
Right. Or I should have been caring more about the people around the table at a, at, a, at in a game. Yeah, and that's yeah. tough. Yeah, uh, but it's not a bad thing. Like it is good to have the desire to play it correctly. And if you and I were playing, we would be right. Part of it's who's at the table. Like we would just exactly. be like, oh yeah, we got to look it up. But exactly. some exactly. other people, you know, Jenny, Jenny's going to start looking at the butterfly out the window and lose interest. Uh, yeah. So she and and that's fine. Like that yeah. that's her. Yeah. yeah. And so if I want her to play, I've got to not, you know. Nose deep into a, a beat up manual. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It's tough. It's tough. Well, what is number six, Kevin? What's the sixth? Number six. Deadly sin. People. This is a bit of a, a curveball, maybe? Is I like curveballs. You like curveballs? Some I, people plus. don't take gaming seriously enough. Hmm. So a lot of what we said is that we take gaming too seriously. We, we misplace right, right. where gaming belongs in your life. Right. Um, but this one is people not taking it seriously enough. And, mm-hmm. and how does that play out, Daniel? Well, I, I mean, and yeah, this was an idea that you came up with. And I, and I really think it's genius. Thank you. I would have thought about it, but it, it, it brings to my mind... Um, prior discussions we've had on this show about the magic circle, right? Like for a a game to work, we all have to have this unspoken agreement that we're going to enter this magic circle for this time period, you know, Mm -hmm. where the rest of the, and, and what I hear in this deadly sin number six is, um, the unspoken refusal to do that, right? The, the unwillingness to enter the magic circle, um, right. Um, that it's, yeah, yeah. Um, and, I, and I've been guilty of this a lot, but, you know, it's like, you know, maybe I'm playing the game, but I'm looking at my phone the whole time, right? And then, right. And, and I'm not respecting the other players around the table because of that. I'm, I'm, I'm not respecting the magic circle. I'm not being in the magic circle. Is that kind of what you have in mind when you suggested yeah, this? Yeah, a little or, bit. Yeah. It's, 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 and I guess I'm, I'm going, I'm thinking too, as we started the episode we, um, this is really the people listening to this podcast episode are probably gamers, and this is not an issue. We know to not eat Cheetos at the table. I think we would generally respect most people's board game. We're not going to let our toddler lick the cards, et cetera. So probably most of us get it. Uh, so this is the sin that maybe non-gamers would commit, Mm-hmm. Although we can be guilty of this too, like you're saying, we we can be distracted or maybe not really wanting to play. Uh, part of it too for us is how do we communicate our expectations to non-gamers? Mm-hmm. So you've got cousin Louie, you know the guy. I know cousin Louie. Behind yeah. ba- Al's uh, fish shack out on where the flour mill used to be. Now they moved it, but it's where it used to be. That's where cousin Louie lives. I know, right, right. You know, if you you're know, looking right. for a So good, don't go to the new one, the old one. No, Which right. is now, right. So that's where Cousin Louie... So Cousin Louie is like, yeah, I'll try that. Well, you can tell he he's not played modern board games. He's not handled a $120 board game that you've bought and that you love dearly. So how do you communicate that to him to help him avoid... Right, Eating a Big Mac uh, over damaging there. something that's going <laughs> to upset you, right? I guess right, it would be right. an unintentional sin. He's not thinking, and and most people would probably pick up like, oh, this looks expensive, but um, and not that every game's expensive, but let's just say, at worst case scenario, it's a very nice prestige game. How do you communicate to them your expectations in terms of not damaging it, but also being serious about trying to play, right? So that sometimes is hard to do. it's hard. It's hard. How do you communicate yeah. that honestly and kindly? And I know sometimes Jenny was like, "Yeah, I'll play a game," and I have to ask her, "Like, do you really mean that? Or are you just like saying that's fine?" Because I don't want to get it out and we start playing and then you get tired, right? Or you realize you didn't really want to play. Like, do you, are you serious about this or not? So part of because sometimes. Part of yeah, sometimes like Go one ahead. of the kids will want to play and she'll play to go along, but she's on her phone. And I'm like, I'd rather you not play. So if you mm-hmm. want to play, play. If you don't, we won't play or I'll put it up because I'm a grump. Sorry, I interrupted you. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I was just, yeah, I mean, well, part of what I hear you saying is, you know, that we, uh, 
we respect each other enough to to give each other the freedom to say no I don't want to play you know and right. then that's yeah and um, and that's okay you know that, that, and clear communication yeah do you want yeah. to play yeah well and, when I, well no maybe is, okay. is not a good answer right like yes or no if you're in we're gonna do it with as yeah. good an attitude as we can have and I do struggle with the other point you bring up about how to how to communicate. differing senses of value around the game um the physical right. game to to people who come from different experiences and how to communicate that without sounding like a jerk <laughs> right, right. you know because because i have been in games where and it's it's and i'm it's not the case that i'm right and they're wrong it's just different experiences where you know someone's experience of games their whole lives has been playing this deck of uno cards that, that they've had for 30 years you know that's very well tattered and covered with stains and things like that and that's what it means to play a game and of course you can eat a hamburger and chips while you're doing that you know yeah you can yeah, just buy another then, 10 bucks you can buy another deck so yeah yeah and then you bring out this game as you said that's like 150 dollars or something that they play and um and from their experience it is totally okay to you know to eat hamburgers and chips around games and how do i say oh please not without mm-hmm. sounding like a real you know, like a jerk. <laughs> right, right. I just struggle with that. Yeah, yeah. It is tricky. Because that's not their experience of games. Yeah. Right. So I think the thing is you either don't bring that, you have to know your audience so you yeah, don't sure. get yourself in that situation or um, you kind of do the self, what do you see? Sort of making fun of yourself. Self-deprecating, yeah. Like, self-deprecating, like, I'm oh, sorry. I, yeah. I really like to keep, th- this game is, it's hard to find and I have a, I really love this game. So I, if I, if you don't mind, I mean, you can have the food, just set it somewhere else. And like, if we'll eat and then play, I, I, I would appreciate it. I'm sorry. I'm this way. So that kind yeah, of self-deprecating right, yeah. Yeah, sort of blame yeah. yourself, even though it, you know, there's nothing wrong with wanting to take care of your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But you play yeah. it off in a certain way. I think that's yeah. fair. Uh, but it is part of it too is just communication being uh, having open communication this is what i want i would like to play this immersive rambling multi-hour game i find this relaxing right right and someone else is like that sounds horrible (laughs) you're like right well we shouldn't play like we just don't play and that is fine i'll find someone that does find this experience relaxing i would find playing golf horrible you right. know, you're in the sun and mosquitoes and dragging this thing around and losing, which Everyone strangely owning. is more points. Like I thought more points meant you were winning. I think that's right. Isn't it? You think that's right? No, I think yeah. golf goes the opposite. Have I been playing golf wrong? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Just I thought it was like, it I is. thought I had this natural gift for winning, but like, yeah. cause or, I was getting scores in the you thought you thousands. Were in the yeah. Or, or the third option is, I've never tried that before. I will try this. I'll I'll follow your lead and I will bring a good good attitude to this game and we will see it through or this game of golf. And after that I'll decide whether it's for me or not. But I yeah. will attempt to do this with a good attitude. Yeah, that's a good that's a good approach as well. So there there is a possibility of a middle ground of it not being yes or no, but I will try with yeah. a good attitude. Um, and yeah, but I, yeah. Yeah, and knowing your audience like Jenny's not going to want to play a game at late at night because she's right. she's she's sort of like a bird and that when the sun goes down she gets tired i'm i'm kind of yeah. i'm kind of with jenny yeah so yeah, I there's no yeah. i should even bring that up and that's yeah. fine yeah no you're right it's it's enough yeah a big part of this is just respecting others and yourself enough just to be honest mm-hmm. about what they're feeling what you're feeling and to not assign value on any of that it's just right you know it just is what it is and that is that is that but you're fine. free to communicate what you would like and yeah. Yeah, where you are. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Okay, the Ultimo, what you got? Um, so number seven is um, turning play into work. Ooh. Turning play into work. This is probably the most nebulous one for me. I, I feel like there's something there that speaks to... A way that I use games and play to kind of generate suffering in myself or others, but I'm not sure I can flesh it out much more 
than that, though I'll try. But this idea of turning play in, into work, um, I think I've shared maybe on our last episode, but I, and you and I have talked about this too, Kevin, you know that, I mean, I love, obviously, board games, right? I love tabletop games, and that's why we do this podcast, and that's why I've got the collection downstairs, and that's why we do these church groups, and that's why we have friends over and all this stuff. As part of that, though, I feel like there are, there are times when I feel this obligation. I got to keep I got to keep playing a game, right? Because this is kind of who I am, or a sense of guilt for not doing it. Um, and I'm I'm you know that's not right. You know that's I'm not sure that that's right because that's that's it seems to be feeling like turning play into something that's not play anymore. But I don't know. Does any guilt. of that? No, it does. It does. Unpack that a little. What triggers the guilt feeling? Um, I think two, two, two things that maybe are, are at cross purposes and come from different different places. Um, one, because I feel like this is an area that I want to explore and I want to develop um, this theology of play that you and I have been working on together, and and. Um, the more I don't do that, the more it kind of defers that that dream and that goal, kind of, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. But then on, on the other side, it's, I do, I, be, I do believe that play, in whatever form it takes, is an essential part of spiritual health and mental health and emotional health. And when I don't do it, I realize that I'm not taking the necessary steps that I need to do for my own spiritual and mental and emotional health. So I think maybe that's kind of a couple of different sources of where that sense of guilt comes from. Does any of that resonate with you? Um, not exactly. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, but but well, the word guilt resonated because at times I'll think, oh, I shouldn't have all these games. I don't even play some of these anymore. So I feel mm-hmm. guilty, which is odd because... I have hammers in the basement and I don't use them but a time or two a year, but I don't feel guilty for owning them. So it, it's kind of funny how we get into, I guess I have more invested in the games. And so I can look now and there's games on, there's Pandemic Iberia and it's a great game and I really like it. I haven't played it in three years. Um, yeah, yeah. So part of me is like, oh, I should just, this is stupid. I should get out of it. You know, I could, I should quit buying these and quit. You know, this is this is stupid hobby type thing. So it that gets me into thinking. I I think you're right that that gets me into thinking about it as work instead of play. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and maybe it's okay to own these games or get rid of some of them, or maybe I enjoy owning them just for the pleasure of owning them. Yeah, but it, it should be fun. It can become work when I'm looking over board game geek or I'm making lists of games I want to get, or I'm, I don't know. I've even gotten away from that board game stats app because really? it made it feel like work to me. And I know you love it and lots of I people do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And but so that, and that's great. It, it not, you know, it's not one size fits all, but I kind of, it made it feel, I don't know, something about the idea of entering the data and looking at the data, make it, made it, for me, feel too workish. Hmm. I could see that. Yeah. Like another um, report you have to fill out or another form you have of, to fill out. Yeah. yeah. And the fact is, like, I kind of like it and it's a little interesting, but I didn't really ever go back and I'm too lazy to go look at the data. So it wasn't really helping me. I was only logging it for logging it. Yeah. I wasn't logging yeah. it for a larger purpose. But yeah. I am envious of the people who can say, well, the game I played the most last year is X. Right, That's cool. Right, right. Right. But I don't really want to do that like i want to pack up the game and probably go to bed that's just right. me i mean there's something to be said for we do these things for fun and if we're not having fun that's it then why not do then why then don't do it <laughs> right oh my you're so right it's so <laughs> simple is it it's so simple just don't do it um, but yeah i guess we get tormented it becomes our god almost like it can mm, become idolatry and mm, so we get yeah. sucked in anything can be a yeah. god 
Um, yeah. And so we get sucked into idolatry and, and, and serving board games and getting consumed by them and feeling like you ought to stop by the game store or you should check a price on something and the shoulds just become overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Once you get used to it, there's more to life than games. So the game has to be put up. It's more to life than church. I mean, no one advocates being in a church service for 24-7, 365. It's crazy. Yeah, we even the we monks tried don't that last that. year. It was it was a <laughs> abject failure. It was it was awful. There was that one lady that did it, but she actually thought she was in a casino and she was fine. Like she but didn't understand yeah, it was church. Yeah, anyway. that's right. So that's she right. Was the I only mean, one that actually did it. Thank goodness we installed that. Um, you know that 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 casino machine in the back. I don't even know the name of it. What do they, what do you call a slots machine? Yeah, a slot machine. A slots machine in the back. The bishop was like, no, yeah. it's not a good idea. But in that case, it panned out. It was good. It, it was, was good. Cause your yeah. report looked good. Yeah, um, yeah. I always wonder, it's funny. Uh, yeah. There's more to life than games and you've got to realize that and, and live within your budget and be aware of, of all the wonderful things in this world and this life beyond games. And um, I always wonder about, the YouTube personalities, the board game reviewers, it's got to be so strange that they got into this out of love of games, but now mm-hmm. it's their job. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. 40, I don't know how, hours, how many hours they're spending, but they're spending all this time. Yeah. And it, how do you keep the joy when it's income and numbers and competition and just the grueling challenge of putting out all those videos constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we can have a guest on sometime and talk to them. I was about just that. thinking that. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great. If, if yeah, listeners, if, if there's someone that you would like to recommend for that, um, let us know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Keep that's gotta be hard. Gaming when it's a job. Yeah. That would be a great episode. I'm going to write that yeah, down. Yeah. Well, I think that sounds like a wrap, Kevin. I think it's a wrap. You know what else sounds like a wrap? My name is Daniel. And I'm here to say that trap beat. Kevin is the most awesome every day. Wiggy, wiggy, wiggy. 24, 17, 64. <laughs> I take off Christmas. <laughs> uh, that was, that was also a wrap. However, it wasn't a great rap. Your rap was great. Mine was subpar. No, no, yours no, was much was, better. Was I just, better. I just opened a poll on Instagram, and they all agree. <laughs> you're so fast with social media. I know, I'm really good. You're too kind. No, you're but too you're kind. better. Yeah, yeah, no, this this is um, great. Next episode, Daniel. Yeah, next episode, uh, we are really excited about getting to welcome um, a special guest, Liz Davidson, who is a, a in part a a, a, a content creator. Um, online for about, about board games. She has another job as well, but um, she's going to be talking about the value of solo gaming, the the value of solo gaming. And it's going to be great to have her on the show and we look forward to talking with her. Yeah, um, yeah, that's going to be great. Yeah, yeah. But in the that's meantime, awesome. how can folks find us? They Kevin? can find us at boardgamefaith.com and on Instagram, boardgamefaith. That's, that's the best way. Yep. And if they want to reach us, you can email us at boardgamefaith, all one word, at gmail.com, boardgamefaith at gmail.com, right. or info at boardgamefaith.com. Either one will get Or our us. fax number. Our fax which number. Which is not base 10. No. It's base it's, uh, 8. Base 17. Oh, yes. did we change so it to base 17. 8? Yeah. 8, well, 17. Yeah. Uh, 8.17. That's it. That's it. That's it. If you round up from base 8 to 17, it's the same, as long as you round. Yeah. So we'll put that in the comments below the fax number in base eight if you want to fax us. Yeah. And if you need uh, GPS coordinates for your homing pigeons, let us know and we can, we can, <laughs> how, how do you tell, how do you tell the homing pigeon where to go? I don't know. Okay. They, they only go They must home. only go to one place. They must they be trained, right? They only go right? home. You release them elsewhere. So here's right. the thing. If you want to communicate with us by homing pigeon, send us your homing pigeon and we'll, we'll yep. train it. Well, so it'll buy learn. Daniel a homing pigeon, and and we'll 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 train it to come and then to this we'll place. We'll ship it to you, back to you, with, and then with, I mean in we'll a very humane way. So it's yeah, yes. we will take care of the pigeon, and of course, and that's right. It'll only take <laughs> I would imagine what eighteen months. This whole process. <laughs> we should start a business called 
<laughs> humane carrier pigeon or humane messenger pigeon shipping. Humane, that would be great. Humane messenger pigeon shipping. Costs more than the pigeon. I like it. <laughs> you know, there's an I, app and you get a little report on how your pigeon's doing on the trip. Well, Uber. he ate all his foodie food <laughs> and he played Uber with pigeon. Derby. Yeah, Uber That's pigeon. Right. <laughs> so you get all this report. Uh, I like it. I like it. I like it. It'd be great. You know, I don't know. I know very little about homing pigeons, but I've always thought the topic was fascinating. And I thought I thought it would make a fascinating board game, like you know, to to uh, (gasps) to to buy pigeons and to train them, and then to see if it can go across the world to its certain location. And that is amazing. Well, you could do a mechanic thing where, like, when you move them at a certain point, they have to go back to a certain space. Like they go Yeah, home. yeah, I like that. Like when you release that them. That would be great. So it's like a movement you can't control. And maybe you could trick other people's pigeon. Like I could mess, mess with you by somehow, if I could release your pigeon, he would just go home and you would have to then like, I gotta go get him. A uh, decoy right? pigeon. Yeah, I yeah. get decoy pigeons. I like it. The chaos pigeon. You could release release the chaos pigeon. Oh, the chaos pigeon. Is, the pirate pigeons. I like it. I think in honor of this, of this idea, we should uh, bid farewell to our guests uh, as pigeons. Yeah. Yes. Because uh, I'm off to design a board game. Coo, 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 coo. Um, listeners, we really appreciate your spending time with us in the midst of such silliness. It's uh, a joy and a gift. And uh, we're grateful for each of you. And we hope that you have a great day and a great week. And we look forward to talking with you soon. Goodbye. Bye-bye.